I call my mom, you call your mom. We all call our moms. I was just catching up on a bit of what we might call The Crown on Netflix. (gasps) Can you believe it? Have you watched one and two? I mean, I started, I did one one. because you and I were supposed to, the plan, Diane, was we would watch (laughs) episode one and discuss, but somebody got a little hasty and I got nervous. I got nervous that maybe, okay, what if you, I push play and then a second later you push play and then we're off the whole time. Mom. Is it worth saying? We were supposed to watch it and then discuss and you went to episode two. I couldn't help it. (laughs) They leave you hanging. I couldn't help it. Yeah. I'm so sorry. How do you sorry. think they got that spoiler alert to those listening? How do you think they got that elk thing with those huge antlers to blah? Oh, I know. Do you think that it's CGI? CGI? Yeah. Do you think it's CGI or do you, do you think they trained an elk? I think it's some kind of sound machine. Somebody going, Arr! That made me yeah. sad. You know, it's just, I guess that's just sport. Poor yeah. thing. I mean, it was it was traveling around for a long time shot. Well, I haven't gotten to that part. Oh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I only watched, <laughs> I only watched episode one because that was the plan. And then I started on episode two. Wait, I am Wait. actually 20 minutes into episode two. Oh, then you see, we're not so far apart. So we'll discuss later. Yeah. I feel like it's really taken us maybe 17 episodes to understand what a podcast is. <laughs> I think you're right about that. <laughs> Only because neither of us listened to podcasts really before. And now both mm-hmm. of us have listened to we not have. only ours, <laughs> but <laughs> other people's. I know. It's fun. And so it's funny because I feel like we both were sort of trying to adhere to some sort of podcast rules. And there really are no rules. Like it's our podcast. So we can do whatever we want, really. Do you feel uh-huh. that way? Yeah, but you're like, talking why- to a real, uh, you know, I've always been sort of a rule follower. <laughs> See, this is what I mean. This is I know, what happened to you've me You've helped well. me with this. But here's the thing. The more we've done, the more I've realized. I mean, you could do homework. Like, do you remember when I was doing the homework on um, Madison and Mama Bear? I mean, I think I took like four pages of notes and I listened to every bit of music I could. But I didn't regret listening to the music, but I thought, oh, good grief. Or how about Abby Galvin? Oh, my gosh. I did so much research on her yoga style. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did you see The Good Doctor? Have you seen it the last two weeks? I didn't get a chance to watch it because you have better access because you have actual TV. Oh, that's right. But Noah is on. Has he been great? (gasps) He's been great. Really great. Really a neat character. I love that. I'm excited to try to catch up. Asher, I don't know where we Asher. became. I don't know where we be, became such rule followers. Did you pass that on to me? Because I probably did, only because you know, as a teacher, that might <laughs> we, be it. We follow rules. However, yeah, I'm very as, concerned with that. I'm better about it now, a little bit, but it it is limiting. It stops you from it starting. I know. Because like, I think it's something we need to kind of uh, wrangle ourselves out of. Or, you know, it maybe you've been in instances where you didn't follow the rules and then you really suffered for it. Yeah. 
you know, I that's know. happened to you. Probably. Yeah. Well, it we felt like you were thinking of an example. <laughs> I'm just saying, just a uh, common sense, you know. Yeah, rule following. I don't know. I, I just think sometimes it like stops you before you start, instead of just going for it. I think, I think it really right. limited limits me sometimes. There's mm-hmm. interesting thing. I've thought about this with stand up. There are no rules to stand up yet. Everyone adheres to pretty much the same format. Go up and talk into the mic. Some people break it and mm-hmm. get weird and wild or do different things or play with the mic or hump a stool. But most people oh. are just getting up there and talking into a microphone. <laughs> and I think I did that too. And there's like a comfort in that, I suppose. Like having the mic in front of you is sort of like a little piece of armor or protection I've always felt. Because when I had sure. to transition back and try to improvise sometimes, I felt so naked and Ooh. vulnerable. That's why I think acting requires so much vulnerability. Oh, definitely. You know, you really have to throw your ego and pride or something to the wind and just be silly, which is well, why acting school is silly, because that's why you, there's a bunch of massage circles and it, it, like warm ups and acting like an animal for the first couple. See, I wouldn't know nothing of that. <laughs> I just think yeah. as a teacher, though, you know, you feel like you're trying to do a good thing um, with rules, being helping young kids to be responsible, show respect, um, mm-hmm. um, have goals, work them through. Um, but I think you're right. There are certain things that there are no rules. And why do we do yeah. that? Yeah, I think, I think it's something it's just... Brene Brown put on the other day on her Instagram that I follow. Something about that, like, just stop thinking there are rules for every situation that you're in, because that's not true. Yeah, and then it also leads to applying them to other people, you know? That's right. That's this right, or you're not doing that. That's exactly right. Yeah. Stay in your lane. Just mind your own beeswax. (laughs) I mean, you know how I feel about certain subjects that are particularly. I don't know, hot button issues, but even something as simple as why are we, you know, I put this on Twitter the other day. It was like a photo of like Rudy Giuliani's fake hair spray dripping down his face. Oh, that was And Trump's like orange face, like his spray painted, you know, spray tan. And then um, what's that one guy's name who works for the Trump campaign? He also spray painted like a widow's peak on his head. Oh, I'm not sure about that one. I don't know. He's like an advisor. He's um, Stephen Miller is who it is. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so I posted. Right. So I posted a photo of all of them with their debacle, you know, hair snafu things. Mm -hmm. And I just said, you know, I'm summarizing because I can't remember verbatim. But I basically said, as long as, you know, I think I said motion to legislate men's heads if they continue to legislate my body. (laughs) <laughs> I think you have something in your teeth, Mom. <laughs> I do not. Yes, you do. It's on your left side. <laughs> oh, you know, it could be a blueberry. <laughs> How embarrassing. <laughs> I, anyway, Mom, the point is, I'm just, I don't know where I was going with this, actually. Oh, about the rules. Oh, no, you were yeah. talking about uh, some of Donald's friends. Right, but either way, it's so horrifying before they even get going. Oh, oh, they want to rule, you know, they want to legislate and put rules on my body, and they're over there spray painting their heads and faces. It's like, who's to judge who? Just everybody do your own thing, as long as it's not hurting anybody. I mean, it's hurting our eyes, but it's just like, 
you know, they're so concerned with legislating our bodies. And I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, well, then why aren't you doing, there's other things you could be worried about. Yeah, I see what you're, I see what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. Go after the hair dye industry. <laughs> or, but do, you, do you remember the spray we tan industry? Go after them. <laughs> they're not doing right by you. <laughs> Something's wrong there. Yeah. But we would like see, um, remember in our neighborhood, there sometimes there would be like people smoking with their kids in the back of the car. Yeah. And it's like, how is that worse? I mean, why aren't we just focused? I, I just feel like, obviously, I don't know where I'm going with a lot of this. I just kind of wanted to talk about it. That's all. You've been spending the time point. by yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm alone a lot. <laughs> Me um, too. <laughs> it's, it's but yeah, I was just, and also like I was working on those writing pitches for the cleaning products that little oh, job yeah. I got. Great. And Chris is doing it. Chris and Brianna were doing it too, and they just like got it done, and were like, "No big deal." And I said, "Didn't it stress you out, like having the deadline?" He's like, "No, seventy-two oh. hour deadline. I just did it." And I was like, "What is with me?" It like wrecked my world. I was just oh, like, yeah. "I have to get this done. It's looming." And he was like, nah, I just did it. So I just yeah. made, that's what kind of also made me think, why am I so particular and precious and about doing it right? I'm better as the years have gone and I'm getting older. Well, but. think about high school and all the things you had to do, all the memorizing you had to do for speech. And then you went to college and then you were in all these plays and then you had papers to write. There's always deadlines. You did it. It was like, no big deal. I know. And now this pandemic... People were like, it's okay, take a break. You don't have to do anything. And I was like, Well, I've I've you just have to trust yourself doing just just for it. Yeah. Yeah, well now I I have that six week deadline on my other script and I've already Mm -hmm. effed off for two weeks. I think you've just been thinking about it. You know. Yeah, you know, maybe I maybe I underestimate the marination. I think that you do, because that's kind of what I used to experience with teaching. If I if I wrote down how many hours I spent thinking about a program or a show, it would be unbelievable. But if, you know, it appeared that I wasn't working on it at all times, then you feel like something's going to be, it's not going to work out. It's not going to be good quality, but that's not true. I mean, yeah. sometimes you need a little break. Your mind needs a little something, something. Yeah. That's what I think. Well, I'm going to hope that that's the case here. And look at it this way. You have a whole month. So get cracking. Yeah. <laughs> I am going to get cracking. Hey, I sent you something today. You did? From the In Vermont? email or the mail? No, um, it's from <laughs> Graham's favorite catalog. The, the Vermont, Vermont Country Store. Store, yeah. Not sponsored. <laughs> no, but is you know, do you remember Gwen Gatos? Remember Gwen Gatos, our, our neighbor? Yeah. Gwen models for the Vermont Country Store. Of course, she, she's, she's fabulous. She also, you know, she's out in LA and does um, yeah. yoga. <laughs> yeah, I see her. I follow her on She's the a brain. life coach. That's what it, yeah, she's a life coach and models and does a lot of things, but you're going to like this. Like this. What you're gonna get me? Is it? Yeah, I have one. Hannah has okay. one, and Megan has one to celebrate the holidays. Is it a talking Santa? No. Okay. Well, I'll look forward to it when it comes. I ordered myself some um, killer brownies from Dorothy Lane Market, and they should be here tomorrow. 
last thing before we play this beautiful call, I think you owe me a little bit of an apology in regard to... Uh-oh. What? Animal Crossing. <laughs> well, okay. Initially, I was a little worried about you. Like, uh-oh. What are you doing spending your time on this Animal Crossing? Um, is it appropriate for someone, you know, of your caliber? Um, I did write questions down about it one time. I wonder if I can find those questions I had. Well, here they are. Um I'm shocked by that. It feels like you're furnishing a dollhouse. Yeah, and, I was. And, I, and I and I noticed that you're acquiring strange items. <laughs> <laughs> and you're always by yourself. <laughs> and by the way, I'm not alone when I'm with Tom Nook, Mom. Tom Nook? He's he's he runs the general. He runs the whole operation. He's I a see. capitalist monster. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, what is the currency? What is the currency you're using to purchase Turnips, things? bells, and nook miles. For those listening, we're talking about the game Animal Crossing. My mom thought that perhaps I was wasting my time until she saw a New York Times article that read. I did. And what did it say? It makes you happy. Video games make people happy. And they cited Animal Crossing. Well, there you have it. I also so. wondered why you can't jump properly. <laughs> They don't allow jumping. <laughs> it's mainly walking or quick quick walking. <laughs> Sorry. Hey. I'm trying to get this robot chicken thing off my island. I don't know how to get it off. So more on this later. Okay. But um, I think we've really, we, it would have been a seamless transition if we went from talking about the good doctor into how, that's how I, I met um, Noah through Mary Hollis. But, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I, I think it's. Yes. I think it's, that's not what we're about. Seamless transitions. Diane and Beth aren't about that, you know? We're about the well, rugged, real, raw conversation. <laughs> you can really see his, um, you know, his, oh, range. I just had that, his range. His range, yes. Yeah. And, you know, anyway, you know what I also wanted to mention, though, Mom, when we were talking about wow. acting? Honestly, Mary Hollis, who, that's what this episode is. It's it's yes. my best friend, Mary Hollis's mom, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um she has always been such a huge supporter of me and my stand-up. She's like the best laugher. I feel comfortable when she's there. She's come with me to, to Conan and Kimmel, my half-hour taping. Right. She's right. like my my lucky charm. Mm-hmm. But and, and she's also still so very supportive of me when I do have to act or do auditions. She's a great coach, Mary Hollis is. And I just want to say, like, it is... So I admire her so much because of that vulnerability and the ability. It like I admire her so much for her vulnerability, but also just she's able to throw caution to the wind and just go for it. Go for a character, mm-hmm. not think twice. Mm-hmm. Even in an audition. I'm just so impressed with that. Because mm. it's really easy to stay in your own little square and and read it and not take a risk. Sure. But she's willing to just blow go it up. All in. She's been doing it for yeah. a long time. I mean, when we listened to Tony talk about her, uh, yeah. going, wasn't didn't she go to Nashville? Yeah, and mm-hmm. and she her went parents for were it. so supportive, and 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 I and I believe her dad uh, did some acting with her. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah, that was the most stage. interesting thing I got to learn about. Was I that know. Hollis? How wonderful! W- yeah, that Kim was the one who, who actually was into acting first, which I love. Mm-hmm. And they're so close. I mean, she's very close with her family in general, but she has a special relationship with her dad. And now I can kind of see the Yeah, I mean, for him, what he, it, it, for what he, you know, his 
um, for being, I mean, I don't know if we just, you know, I'm not, I, I'm just saying to be a, a cotton farmer and to have your life on a farm and then to also say, wait a minute, I love to act too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm really good at this too. Sort of gives you yeah. the impression that there are no limits. Yeah. Yeah. Just go for it. Go for what you like. So you know what um, I, I yeah. loved about Tony, though? This is my favorite thing. One of my favorite okay. things. I, I and, then we'll like play I, them, and then we'll play them the conversation. Okay. I, I feel yeah. like we would have been good friends. Yeah. That, you know, we would have been good friends, too, had we crossed paths. And the other thing I am so jealous of is she had a horse growing up. You remember that? <laughs> Jody. <laughs> <laughs> she had her own horse. I used to like pretend I had a horse and like gallop around, run around. And I pretended I was a horse. <laughs> That's how I started yeah. acting school. <laughs> <laughs> but I just That's uh, an impression of a horse. Yeah, that I always dreamed of having a horse and here Tony had one. And her, and well, the let's... horse's name was Jody and uh she was lovely. Let's get into it. All let's, right. Let's do it. Here's Mary, my best friend, Mary Hollis and Bowden's mom, Tony. Tony. Hello, ladies. Hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing great. <laughs> Good. Me and mom were just we're just sipping our coffees, getting. I mean, it's eleven a.m. for me, uh, but mom's been up for hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about that, Tony. I have, yes, I have. But I've been so looking forward to talking to you. Why don't Why don't we just take a nap, Diane? Yeah. <laughs> or I was thinking we could change our show to "We Called Your Mom for Coffee." because that's what it sort of turns out being like we're just having coffee together yeah that's true (laughs) are you a coffee drinker you know i I usually have one cup in the morning and that that's it that's my limit oh you are a better woman than i i really i know i'm into coffee i'm just addicted i just have a routine so yeah well that's smart yeah. My routine is four cups of coffee. <laughs> four cups of coffee, and then I'm good for the day. <laughs> Bethy, uh, you're a yeah. coffee girl. Yeah, I've been starting. Well, first of all, my, I remember going through the drive-thru McDonald's with mom. Like, that's <laughs> she She would get black coffee from Star, or I'm sorry, from McDonald's. From McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah, we were not, we were not Starbucks family. Uh, we didn't have Starbucks <laughs> money growing up. But, no, we um, did not. No, we did not. But we would go through and she would get a black coffee and then sometimes a soft serve vanilla cone. And I remember thinking like, ew, black coffee. (laughs) Little did I know I would go on to manage a coffee shop and, you know, intensely study coffee at Intelligentsia. Uh, And uh, and now I'm a black coffee drinker myself. And I've I've started drinking out of a little cup. (laughs) Yeah. My mom can see my little cup, but I drink it. Coffee dollop? Is that where you got started after McDonald's? Yes. Yes. (laughs) We had coffee at um at the bagel shop I managed. I'm sorry, I didn't manage that. I we had we had coffee 
at Chicago Bagel Authority. But then when I left there and moved to Dollop, that's when I started. I got into Olay's actually, um, like Olay's. coffee with a little bit of steamed milk. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. I'm trying to think what Mary Hollis's drink. Oh, just for everybody listening, just so they know, we do intros and stuff. But like, <laughs> you know, we're talking to Tony Inbone, who's basically my best friend's mom. And I mean, Hollis and I have been friends now for at least 10 years, probably more, 11 probably or 12. Long. Yeah. Um, but basically we kind of like, we're going to get to know more about Mary Hollis, but Tony, we were just kind of curious. Like we wanted to go back to the beginning of the beginnings of Tony. Like, are you, yeah. we know that you live in Arkansas now, but were, did you grow up in Arkansas? Yeah. Yes, I grew up right where I live. Oh, wow. You're uh, a lifetimer. A lifetimer. A life- so, is, wow. so is Kim, my husband. And uh, we went to high school together. And, you were high school sweethearts? Uh, actually, no. We didn't no. actually start dating out of high school. Okay. Um, and uh, But anyway, we did attend the same, same high school. And... Uh, and then we moved when we got married, and we got married very young. When we got married, we moved into the little house that my mother and dad had bought when they got married. Oh, so my gosh. It was a little house about 600 square feet. Oh, <laughs> well, that and is that, a little house. <laughs> yes, and that's where we lived until, um, until our son was born, who's two years older than Mary Hollis. And then we built Please. a house. And... Um, uh, we moved in there. So we have just been here our whole lives. Wow. Oh gosh. What would that, that be like? Yeah. That would be wonderful. I yeah, because mo- mom grew up in um, Michigan, Michigan. And, I, and I had my beginnings with my mom in Ohio. But I think it's kind of cool that you grew up there. Like, have you seen, when you were a little girl, obviously we know how much, you know, changes over time. But growing up, do you feel like your hometown's changed a lot in Arkansas or when you were a little kid? Because I know, like, basically Hollis has her stories of growing up on the farm. Were you a farm kid, too? Well, I grew up in the county, so I really wasn't in the, the metropolitan city of Jonesboro, Arkansas. where I, <laughs> We did move into town, quote unquote, um, just recently. But I grew up out on a, uh, it was a cattle farm. Oh and my, my dad. Yeah, had and um, uh, so that's where I grew up, and then Kim grew up in a little town called Bono, which was not far. You know, it put us in the same school district, but he was in a little town that, like, actually had a grocery and a bank and streets and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I grew up on this off this gravel road, (laughs) and uh, there were horses and cows, and then my dad and his were actually uh, farmers. They raised okay. uh, weeds and things like that. So, hmm. so we've always been out like in the county until a couple of years ago, and Kim and I bought a house. That's where we are now. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I remember my first time being in Kansas. We were on like a a choir tour, I guess. It was, and it was really the first time I experienced a farm, and the smell was very intense. Do, is like, you know what I mean? The cow smell. Did you grow up smelling that on the cattle farm? <laughs> she had to <Yeah>. have. 
<laughs> yeah, so cows, the, the cows and horses, you know, that, that was what was around our house, was cows and horses. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yes, a lot of manure, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, like anything, you would, yeah, you probably just adjust, right? <laughs> and, oh, well, I didn't know any different, you know. Right. This was what it was. And, um, but, you know, to say I grew up on a farm, it sounds, I don't want to mislead like I was out like scooping poop or feeding the chicken, <laughs> anything like that. The house was there and I was, I was at school or, or being taken to piano lessons or something like that. So I never was a, a farm girl, you know, I didn't milk a cow. I've never milked a cow. I've never fed a chicken. Uh, it's just that the land that our house was on behind us, there were all these horses and, um, and cows because my dad was a cowboy. And one of my jobs when he was, uh, was calf roping was to go to the roping pen and be the one to open the door so the cow could come out and he could chase it and rope it. Oh my gosh. Whoa. That's like a rodeo. Was that scary? (laughs) No, it really wasn't. And uh, when I was little, my dad would let me go to the rodeo some and warm up the horse before they actually started, you know, and I would be in the corral and and just, you know, on the horse. And one of his friends came up to me one time and asked where my dad was. And I told him I didn't have a dad. (laughs) (laughs) But I think in my mind, I was on this horse and I had watched too much Bonanza and I was just <laughs> out there like an orphan. Oh, <laughs> what, what do you think possessed you? Were you, were you, were the implications like, I don't have a dad, I have a cowboy? Or were the, or was it <laughs> yeah. just like, I'm a lone ranger? <laughs> I was just on my own. I was an orphan girl. Oh my gosh. Know, on my horse. So now we're seeing where Mary Hollis got her imagination from. Her imagination. Oh, Tony, when I was a little girl, I loved horses. I I mean, we used to play horses. (laughs) You know, Uh no horses around, but we'd play and run like horses. And uh, actually, my cousin that we lived next door to did have a horse. And we loved that horse. But it was a retired police horse. It uh-huh. was huge. It was a ginormous <laughs> horse. And any time like fireworks went off or big explosions, the horse would bust out of the barn and oh my run gosh. through people's yards. And uh, his name was Topper. But <laughs> Topper had little, PTSD undiagnosed. He did. He did. But you know what? I think horses are the most beautiful animals. I would have loved your life when I was a little girl. I would have loved that. When I was about 14, I got my own horse, a paint horse, and I got a paint horse because, uh, again, on Bonanza, little Joe, if you remember, had a paint horse. That's right. He did. He was the cutest one, too, wasn't he? Little Joe. One, youngest, and he he rode a paint and so I really wanted a paint horse, so Mm. so that's what What's that mean, Tony? What's a paint horse? Is it like a pinto? A pinto? pinto, Like a black most Spots. are brown and white, black and okay. white. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. They're beautiful. Brown and white, and I named uh, I named her Jody because Aww. Chris yeah Chris Christopherson had a song that I used to sing. He and the kid, 
So I named my horse. Yeah. I love that. That's perfect. That's perfect. (laughs) Did you go and compete, Tony? Or was like, was that not a thing? Was there competition or was more writing for purpose or a joy? I mean, like, just like enjoyment? Well, uh, was it competitive? Because of the rodeo circuit or not circuit, but the rodeos that my dad and uncles would, would go to for, for the, for the girls, there was always barrel racing. Okay. And so, you know, girls didn't calf rope then or, or ride a, a bronc, but okay. they could, they could uh, be barrel racers. And so that's what they were kind of getting me started doing was barrel racing. And, um, in one what winter, that, what does that mean, Tony? A barrel racing? I mean, like you jump over the barrels, or what? What does that mean? When you go. Down, there were three barrels in the in the arena, and okay. you would come out. You can. You would circle one, run to the other, circle, oh, go to I the back, back. And okay. so it was a time. And so that's where I was headed with Jody. And then one winter, a hunter. Um, I mean, somebody was hunting something out there, and she got a little buckshot in her shoulder. Oh, and, no. Yeah. So I couldn't, I couldn't really ride her for, for a long time. And then once she was well, I had a car. <laughs> <laughs> By then, you went on to a car. <laughs> That's right. I had a, and Jody. Jody just was pretty in the pasture. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. I bet. On. <laughs> That's like, uh, you know, instead of using AOL dial-up uh, CD-ROMs, I got my first cell phone in college. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How lovely I mean, is that, though? Not That's the same a thing at all. childhood. Have liked having a horse. That's what oh, my gosh. Like. I, wish been, <laughs> I wish we had been friends so that I could come over to your... To your cattle farm, and we could you could show me how to ride a horse. I mean, I you know, don't. A, I don't understand is why you and I have never met with our. I girls. know. Oh. I I feel the same way. I do too. Because I, know, they, I, don't I made several trips to Chicago when Bethy was there, and I remember meeting I, Mary Hollis there at Dollop. Yes. Uh, and then when they went I, out I, to I, California together, she drove all the oh. way out there with Beth. Oh. And I have loved everything about stories from that trip that those girls took. <laughs> with that, with that head. Beth, what was that? That mannequin's head? That was, oh, the mannequin. Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood. Her, she, it was this mannequin head that was with me since uh, the my boss at Dollop, he, I took over his room above Dollop and she was just on the top shelf and he left her. And then when I got a wig, I must've gotten some brown wig for something that kind of looked like my hair. So I put that on her and on her shoulder or her like upper chest, it it says Hollywood. So I was like, I better bring this with me to Hollywood. And now she's Hollis, like when we, Hollis and I, Mary Hollis and I, I just call her Hollis. When we uh, lived together, she wouldn't let me put it on display. I tried to put it on top of the um, heater in our living room, and she was like, that's not going there. (laughs) (laughs) She had moved on. Yeah. Uh, But I did keep her in. She's now in my pantry, and I think has scared probably some people. (laughs) You should put her in the window. Yeah, that's a good idea. That would be people. Yeah. People would leave you alone. Maybe. May or they but, just think I was some 
weirdo. <laughs> I that guess you missed each other every time we were visiting our daughters. Like we I think so. So here's the plan. The, the next time our girls are in the same city, we're getting together. I'll hold you. So we can really just, oh, I will look forward to it because. It might just, it might be me, it might be me visiting the farm. Cause like, that's the other thing I've never, I've heard mm. about the farm. Cause Hollis's was a cotton farm then. Right, Tony? Well, so no, my dad and, the, and, and his family farm uh, had soybeans and, and wheat and uh, rice. And okay. then Lee, Lee actually manages a cotton gin uh, okay. in Monette, is not far from here. Okay. Um, but, you know, again, where I was, it, I wasn't like on the actual, I was just in front of the cows and the, and the uh, horses. And then when we built, when, where Mary Hollis grew up, it was just um, three acres. I mean, we weren't, she didn't grow up like around a farm. It's just okay. that everyone around her was in, in farming. Like Kim's business services all the farmers around us, you know, with right. the laser and chemical and all that. So he would, so we were always around these farms, but they weren't our farm mm-hmm. at that point. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. And also, yeah. so you went from your like, you know, like you were saying, Kim went to the same high school as you, but like growing up, yes. so, you know, once you kind of grew out of your horse, I mean, like, mm-hmm. were you still into, cause like, I know you, you have now gone on to work in sports management or you, that's what you had studied, but leading up to that, were you, were you playing sports in high school? Did you have interests in like, what were some of your interests as a kid outside of, um, school and in school? Well, I played basketball in high school. Um, I tried. I wanted so much to do a little, um, the, you know, the senior class would always do a senior play. And mm-hmm. so I did that because I loved, I was, I'm such a great audience member. for. <laughs> so for is theater. your daughter. <laughs> I'm just so good that and I, I I misunderstood that that's what my gift was and that I was never intended to be on stage at all <laughs> uh, that would be but, a description of me as well yes I've never <laughs> never destined for the stage but love love to watch my daughter or your daughter or other yeah, yeah other Under great daughter. artists yes <laughs> um, but you know, but I did do I did do a play one time in, in high school. But I played basketball, and um, I was just you know I was really into high school. I was just involved yeah. with everything. Um, just enjoyed high school a lot. And um, in high school, is like when I was a senior, I decided I wanted to go into television. So when I went wow. to college, I studied radio TV. Oh wow. And so I worked at uh, a television station in Jonesboro for 20 years. That's what I did first. Oh, I did not know that. Did you know that back? Yeah. No. Wow. So what was your, um, at, so basically you, so you studied radio and TV and then how did you like break in? What was the entry level there at the, at the station? Uh, my first job was at the station was as the, the traffic manager. 
And the traffic manager's job was to take all the commercials that came in from agencies, log them in, and get them in the computer so that they could run at a certain time on the air. Oh, wow. That's a big job. It was a big job for a 20-year-old. Yeah. Coordinating all of that. I decided TV because of Saturday Night Live. Oh, really? I wanted to work in television because I thought that was so, so fun. Yeah, I bet. Uh, that, was a, that was a big show for us in our 20s, and of course it still is. Saturday Night Live. What was yeah. it before then? Uh, it was something else before it actually was Saturday Night Live, but it was a very uh, uh, unpolished, you know, kind of sketch show. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought that would be so fun to do, to work in something like that. So I opted to go on radio TV in hopes of doing that. That didn't happen, but I enjoyed working in, in, at, our, at our TV station uh, so much. It was really formative for me. I was there for 20 years. Wow. So that's a big part of your, of your adult life. I would think it would be so exciting just to be a part of all the every day is different kind of feeling. You know, it's like you don't you don't become so pulled into the routine, but every day is different. Was it like that? Yes. Every day was yeah. different. And, but it also, you know, because I had such a, a, a love of, you know, like watching TV, I television mm-hmm. shows. That's what I grew up on. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, what were, what were some of your favorite shows growing up, Tony, besides SNL? And we can't remember the one that was before it, like you were mentioning, but yeah, I can't probably like either. It was probably well, just know, like the I, cooler version, you know, like it's like the beginnings of Conan that felt so wily and weird, you know, and now he's more, Yeah, I know what you're saying. So like, what were some of the other shows that you liked? Like all the, the little, you know, we only got three TV stations, you know, we had three channels. <laughs> That's right. We did and so what, <laughs> You know, Tarzan in the afternoon or, um, <laughs> you know, Western was on. But then, of course, as I got older, there was uh, uh, Mary Tyler Moore, oh, yeah. you know, couldn't miss. That was a favorite. And then Rhoda. Ma- Remember Rhoda came on after oh, like a spinoff? Rhoda. Yeah. Yeah. I loved the show Mannix, Diane. Do you remember the show Mannix? Mannix. Yes, I do. He was real cute. Oh, what was that about? Oh, cute. So cute. It's kind of a detective show. And uh-huh. Diane Carroll, the secretary. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh, yeah. I love that show. And then there was one called Seven. Um, no, it wasn't Seven Prides for Seven Brothers. It was the one. Help me, Diane. It, it had Jason, Joshua and Jeremy. Oh, the big country. Was it with Barbara Stanwyck and those were her sons? No, no, that was the big valley. Oh, the big valley. <laughs> OK. Yeah. Oh, that one, too. So, Diane, I love that one. So, again, it was all those cowboys. We had a lot of cowboy shows growing up, a lot of Westerns. We sure did. We sure oh, but how about this, Tony? Did you grow up with uh, uh, Carol Burnett, the Carol Burnett show? And the, Gosh, the never, ver- never oh, missed it. We didn't either. And Ed Sullivan show on Sunday nights. And yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like we really had a great variety. And you didn't have bad mm-hmm. dreams after some of these shows like you do no, nowadays. No. Special Victims no. Unit and, you know, some of these others, FBI. <laughs> I can't take it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't take it. There's always a moral to the story and, 
somebody yes. learned something and, yeah. you know. I think the um, scariest thing growing up was like the Twilight Zone. That always left me in a quandary. The yes. Twilight Zone and um, Alfred Hitchcock. Remember that? Alfred oh, Hitchcock. Alfred. Yeah. Yes. Some yes. of those stories would really leave you in a bad place. <laughs> I mean, the music alone. <laughs> yeah, the music alone. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah. But still, we had a lot of great variety shows. I'm sorry, Beth, but I'm, I'm loving your mom a lot. Have uh, <laughs> you ever seen a movie called The Bad Seed? <gasps> yes. Yes. That was the cre- Leroy. Oh, I'm telling you what, it was on a, it, there was a movie on the, one of the Memphis stations that we could get. They had a three o'clock movie every day. And I remember getting home from school and turning on the TV and oh, there was no. that movie. And my Lord, I was scared to death. <laughs> terrifying. It was yeah. terrifying. Their do- But that's the interesting thing. Their daughter's name was Rhoda. Rhoda. Oh, <laughs> Rhoda. Yeah. I forgot that. I forgot that yes. detail. Oh. It was a. Uh, it was Patty McCormick played that, and Air Force Colonel Kenneth Penmark, the Penmarks. <laughs> oh, and uh, Leroy was the guy she, she. I don't. I mean, spoiler alert. Uh, Leroy was the one <laughs> she blamed it on. Played by Henry Jones. Yeah. He was. He was mm. creepy. Yeah, and remember her dad. The the actor who played her dad was the detective for Perry Mason. Oh, I that. I the that. real serious one. I feel the like real does Mary Hollis like Perry Mason? Why am I? Why is that sounding familiar? Oh, I guess maybe there's a new Perry Mason show out right now. Oh, that. Well, fun. there is one. Yes, I think on HBO. Yes, that's what it is. Anyway, I haven't watched that's- it, but I just heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, I've just read about it. I, I, I haven't watched Legal it drama set in 1932 Los Angeles based on the novels and short stories penned by Earl Stanley Gardner. Wow. <laughs> I Googled it. Uh, honestly, I think when I was that age and I would see a scary movie like that, Tony, I would just put it away and be in denial. Like, that can't be true. <laughs> you know what I do? That's when not I see real. Some- when I, first of all, I don't expose myself to them because I was haunted by the movies early in my life. Um, oh, oh, what did I watch too over. early? Silence of the Lambs. You went, and- she went to the neighbor's house for the night and just a sweet little girl. She came home the next day. I think pretty upset. I, oh, I, I didn't. See I carried that movie. around. I carried around a crochet hook in my basket of my bike for protection <laughs> oh, for God. like three years. That and upset then, me a little bit, to be honest. They should have asked. Oh, or you should have. It was snuck. What did you think it was going to be about? Like a farm show or? No, mom. It's like girls. It was peer pressure. I knew I, I was going to be scared, and they were like, "Let's just put it on anyway." And then Scream also got me, and that was like in sixth grade. That was the scariest movie ever. I didn't and see that. I've lived, I've lived through them all, but I hate scary movies. And even mm. after, like, I remember, what are some ones that haunted me as an adult? No Country for Old Men. Oh, oh you called movie. me on that. You said, Mom, whatever you don't do, go don't see go this. see that movie. I can't go to bed. I was so a I terrified adult. I had to walk oh, home from yeah. the movie theater. Oh, Tony, and then, Tony, did you see the movie The I, Exorcist? I did. I did. Oh, Lord. And then, you I, know, 
after that, yeah. sometimes I just I just said I'm not putting myself through that anymore. So I don't. Really, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, don't, I don't seek those movies out. I just don't. You know. I, just I don't, don't either. Seek them. I literally scream in the theater. I, I had to look up the headshots of that woman from the movie Get Out so I could sleep. I look up their headshots online. You look like normally. I, yes, I'm like, this yeah. is a regular. Same with uh, the guy from No Country from Old Men. Yeah, you didn't like that one. I had to like, I had to look up his headshot so that I was like, that's not what his hair really looks like. Yeah, just erase it. Get it out of your Javier. Mind. Yeah, it was Javier Bardem. And I was like, he's a human and he's actually a really nice guy. <laughs> oh, I was in my first year of teaching when my roommates and I decided to go see The Exorcist. I thought, oh, I don't know what this is about. I was so scared and upset. I had to ask my roommate if I could sleep in her room with her. I was so embarrassed. Yeah. But my room was way down at the end of the hallway, and there was a back stairs that went to the kitchen. I couldn't be down there by myself for like two weeks. Was, I'm with awful. you. Yeah. One time I, I was like babysitting. You. I was babysitting and um, the, the parents said, you know, have a good night. And, oh, you should watch this movie, Memento. And they lived in this huge mansion in Oakwood, like across town. Um, Memento? Near Harmon School. Okay. Yes. She was like, the, watch this movie. It's so good. You've never seen Memento? And by the way, I think I was in college or something. So then... <laughs> I turn it on and I get so scared that I basically just check, go up and pretend like I'm checking on the kids, but I just needed to be not alone. And they were like asleep. I like woke up the kids like, hey, what are you guys doing? And they're like, we're sleeping. <laughs> I mean, we're sleeping. What's Memento? Was, was it like a horror movie? Mom, I don't even know what it is. I well, why would the parents it. ask you to watch Memento? I guess it's apparently a good film, but... It was a huge mansion, and there was some creaky, creaking I heard. It's a thriller mystery, and I couldn't get too far in. Well, it look, yeah. it says Leonardo is tracking down the man who arred and murdered his wife. The difficulty, however, of locating his wife's killer is compounded by the fact that he suffers from a rare, untreatable form of memory loss. Oh, Sounds dear. fun. <laughs> well, I'm with Tony. I don't, I don't seek those movies out anymore. Anyway, we really we went off on a horror tangent. We did, obviously affected by them. Oh, you're right. We were very affected by those frightening movies. You remember remember that show Diane called Dark Shadows? Oh yes, I do. I do remember that. But I will tell you honestly, a lot of my girlfriends, I I associate that like with seventh or eighth grade, and a lot of my friends Uh were really into it, but I didn't like it. I thought that guy was scary looking. I, I, again, Bonzo. I was in denial. What was his name? Well, the the, <laughs> the vampire was Barnabas. Yes, Barnabas. <laughs> what the See, heck? I, I was in denial yeah. and like, I don't like that stuff, so I'm not watching. <laughs> yeah. did, did you get hooked on that one, Tony? Did you get hooked? I did. It was kind of in the afternoon, and so it was a kind of a hit or miss, depending yeah. on... I was home from school, but I just remember one after, one day being home from school. I was sick, and I was on the couch, and I got mm-hmm. so scared that I had a little BB gun, and I laid it next to me oh, as if, no. you know. <laughs> I wish I had a BB gun over at my knitting, <laughs> my crochet hook. <laughs> BB gun. Oh, that must have really gotten you. I Yeah, I didn't like oh. scary things like that. 
Um, oh, to the gnaw. Oh, I, Tony, I was going to say, do you remember the high school play, the one that you did? Do you remember what it was? It was uh, it was 12 Angry Men, but I think for high school, because of, of boys and girls, they changed it to 12 Angry Jurors or, you oh, know. I think I've heard of that. that. It was that whole 12, 12 people in a jury room trying to decide the fate of someone. Oh, and, did you play a juror? I played a juror. I played a juror who smoked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How did they do that in high school? That's hilarious. Well, you know, I made a choice. <laughs> <laughs> did you method act? Did you start smoking for the role? <laughs> I had I wasn't a smoker, didn't pretend to be a smoker. I mean, I wasn't that that's not what I did on a day to day basis, but I thought it would be a, a good choice. So sure. I, uh, they allowed me to have a on stage, and it's a wonder that I didn't pass out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> wait, hold on. You they, they let, let you have a, a light, a lit cigarette on stage? Yes. Yeah. This oh. is amazing. This is amazing. That would not happen today, right? Yeah, but no, of that, course not. This was nineteen. 19- 77, I guess. So. Oh, gosh. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so so you do that, and after you do that play, were you, were, did you have some sort of dreams then of you thought maybe you'd be an actress or something, or at least involved in... No, not at all. Not at all. But my okay. best friend, my best friend um, had done plays, you know, at school, and, and they, were, they were very good, and they had a very good theater uh, in theater at the time that she and Kim, my husband, were in the same class, and they were doing all these really, really specific shows. I mean, and truly, for high school, I thought they were very good. And I would yeah. think they were very good. Uh, they would do, you know, arsenic and oats, and they did children's hour. And, oh, and, those you know, are good ones, yeah. Oh, their instructors were very good. And then when, when uh, Kim and uh, my friend Rhonda graduated because they were a year ahead of me, then that drama instructor left. So all that was left was then just the senior, the senior play, okay. which was directed by like the English teacher or something. Right. And so I just did it because they had done it at a good time and they loved it. And uh, both went on to uh, Rhonda study theater in college uh, Kim did not, but then later came back and did a lot of community theater. So oh, uh, that was so fun. I know, but we have to take a little break. Okay. I don't want to. I know, but we'll be right back. You promise? Yes. Okay. So you and Kim uh, went to high school together, but then separate colleges? Well, because he was a year older, he went to Arkansas State for a year, and then I went to Old Miss in Mississippi um, for a couple of years, and he came down there for a, a half a semester, I think, and then moved back home to start a business, and then I stayed, and then we decided to get married, and I moved back here. So okay, so you were dating was, through college. Uh, yes, most of the okay. time. That's pretty yeah. cool. That is cool. and, but and, so like friends in high school and stuff, and then he, he and then he came back and did theater. And I know he has such a love for music too, which I'm sure is like 
I feel like when you first started, did you wait a long time before having kids after school? Cause, or when, and you were working in radio and TV as you, at your beginnings as a mom? Well, I started my job when I was 20 and then okay. Lee was born when I was 24, I think. Okay. And, and then Mary Hollis came along two years after that. Okay. And I was still working at the TV station. And then, um, and then Kim had started a, a business. And so he was doing that. And he, um, you know, but we both just always had a real appreciation for the arts, for music and for theater. And, and we would do that. I mean, that's, you know, other people would go to ball games for entertainment and we would go to a play or we would go to a concert or, mm-hmm. or something like that. That's what we did. Oh. And was um, he doing community theater then, or that was more of like a just out of college thing? No, it was actually, uh, the kids were, I think, Beth, I think they were probably four and six, the first play that he did um, at a little community theater. And uh, it was called, um, well, now I can't tell you what it was. Yeah, it's a little, it'd be hard to But remember. that must have had a, a, a meaningful impression on Mary Hollis. Yeah, it would have been oh, so cool to see your dad in a play. Yes, it I did, think that's so it, cool. It and I took them, when I first took them to see the show, uh, Crimes of the Heart. That was the name of the play, Crimes oh, of the Heart. sure. And played Doc. So it was a, you know, it's a primarily a female cast, but, you know, one guy in it. And um, so I took Lee and Mary Hollis to see him in it and we sat on the front row we got all dressed up and you know sat there on the front and there's a woman who's trying to put the moves on doc you know and so she's leaning you know like rubbing all over you know their daddy and and i hear lee my son i I just hear him in the softest voice going don't do it daddy don't do it daddy (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious That'd be really hard for a little kid. <laughs> Disney Dad, <laughs> what are you doing up there, Dad? Oh, gosh, you and Dad. That's so and cute. And the next show he did was a musical called uh, Pump Boys and Dinette. Oh, yeah, we've oh, seen that. Heard of that? Yeah. We saw it at it, Fairmont. It is the cutest, cutest, cutest little show. We, we had actually seen it in New York, and then they decided to do it at this, uh, this little theater. And so Kim was in that. And of course, you know, you know how it is, Beth, you rehearse all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. Yes, and for the so big the bucks, for the big bucks. Their, their dad was if I took them up there to rehearsal, which, which I did. But in yeah. the meantime, I listened to the soundtrack when he took them to school. So they knew all the words to all the songs. <laughs> and oh. That's the way he was memorizing you know, the music and the lyrics and all that. And so they also memorized the, you know, the lyrics. And oh, fun. they would sing every morning on the way to school. So one Sunday afternoon, I took them to um, rehearsal. And we got there, we were watching, and it's the girls in the diner, and they're singing one of their songs. And, you know, we watched that. And then they took a break and everybody got off stage. And Mary Hollis at this time is probably, you know, six, five or six. And she goes up on the stage. No, not 
bothering anybody and nobody's really paying any attention to her. And she goes up to their little kitchen area that the girls were singing and she starts performing the song because she knows knows the song and now she's watched them do their their blocking and and so she just performed the performed it right there oh and uh, <laughs> and the director saw her and then looked at one of the the, the waitresses one of the girls that's playing a waitress and said uh, uh, I think she wants your uh, <laughs> <laughs> your part. <laughs> and oh, golly! They should have let her play. They should have let her be the understudy. They memorize so quickly, don't they? Yeah. Little ones that yeah. age. Oh, they I could really, just see really her. I mean, she there. probably got. Yeah, maybe she got a word or two, like slightly off. But she could have. They should have let her be the understudy if that woman ever got <laughs> <Yeah>. sick. <laughs> oh, that's cute. That's a great story. So then when did, really when did she first start like fun. wanting to do plays? Was it that same theater group? The yes, community it was. theater? Oh. So because Kim was so involved in that theater group, um, they would have, you know, summer, I don't know, children's workshops and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. so Lee and Mary both went to those for a couple of different summers, you know, for like two weeks at a time. And they both just loved it. Um, uh, Mary Hollis, of course, would would memorize everyone else's part, including her own. (laughs) So so as as she is up on stage, you know, her little head, she couldn't like just she would like lean in to look to see who the next person was that was supposed to speak. And her her mouth is moving (laughs) with them. (laughs) Oh, that's classic. (laughs) I can relate to that, I think. I th- I think Beth, you did that also when you were a little girl. At some it just of the reminds, yeah, I think to. it reminds me of like I don't know. I just as a kid, it reminds me too of like group projects. Like I was very like I was you know wanting it all to be perfect and orchestrating it all, and so I don't know. It leans towards that, but also like whatever it is in us, that little attention thing that's like you and then you and then me, you know, like. <laughs> Yes, but who who can do that? I think that's really probably like we we as moms we see our kids doing that at a young age. The memorizing of not only her lines, but like you said, all the others. Like who does that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can just see her. Yeah, you can just see her, can't you? So yes. Um, <laughs> you know they're all lined up there as they do, right, Diane? They're just all on stage, so that yeah. mothers and fathers picture and then and then yours is the one leaning out to look down the line uh, <laughs> make sure that you know uh, Susie Q down there does what she's supposed to do how cute and, uh, yeah yeah well you know what I think all the years I had uh little musicals at school with my kids because I taught music for a long time they're little kids like Mary Hollis, you could always depend on like, what if someone's sick? What if you need someone to stand in? Okay, I'm going to call on Mary Hollis to do her part plus her part in case, you know, mm-hmm. someone sick doesn't show up. That's right. You got to have right. kids like that. And, oh and, and that happened with Mary Hollis <laughs> a, a couple of times that I can think of just right now that, um, you know, the show must go on. So it's yes. kind of like, we don't care that she's nine. We're going to put her in. 
he's going to sing the grandma song and pip him, oh. you know, because. Oh my gosh. Because the, the adult it. was like, okay, well, here we go. Mary Hall sing that song. And so she did. And, and you look and at her now and she's so versatile. She's such a versatile actress. Don't you think? It's I mean, she, she can do anything. Well, thank you. I, I, but I'm, I'm prejudiced and partial. And yes, I do think she can do anything. Yeah, but of this course. goes way back to when she was a little girl. I mean, this is this so is her her dreams. Like when she was little, did she say things to you? Like, because um, obviously she had this example in Kim, which was so cool, and this um, love of the local theater. And then did she sort of start dreaming big? Or yeah, I mean, it was kind of like it was it was the thing that she liked to do, like. You know, other kids wanted to go play um, basketball or volleyball, you know, which I kept trying to encourage because I wanted her to be, you know, well-rounded. And yeah. she and she would do that, but she never excelled at that. And she didn't particularly like it. I mean, she liked, she liked being part of a group, but, you know, not the, not the sport itself. And so we just kept trying to find ways that, and that was, kind of difficult in our area to find places for her to be able to do what she loved to do. So thank goodness for that little theater up there. And so she, that was in a little town called Walnut Ridge. And then she did a show in Paragould and she did a show in Jonesboro. And then finally we, uh, we took her to Memphis and let her audition there, which was a much bigger, you know, that was a big step up. Yeah, that is big. And um, anyway, so, you know, it, it was just the thing that she liked to do. And so we just had to, you know, and she was good at it for, for a child. She she was. She could learn the lines. She was very dependable. She, um, you know, she did all that. So we just wanted to support that uh, like we would support, you know, our son playing football or whatever. And uh, sure, sure. that's what. It just wasn't as easy because school didn't offer it, mm-hmm. you know. There wasn't, a, basically, she, there was, okay, there wasn't really progress at school because I know that she spent, like, her f- more formative years towards professional theater were Memphis before heading to right. Chicago. Right, right. She moved to Memphis when she was, uh, well, she got her first show in, in Memphis when she was 16. And then when she was 17, um, she actually moved to Memphis. She finished her senior year of high school at a community college in Memphis. So, but she's a graduate of Westside High School, but she she didn't go. She didn't do her senior year at high school. Wow, I, she kind of wanted the discipline, really. So she kind of yeah. wanted to like really ex- accelerate the process, so she could kind of get into the real world. Was it was acting yes. driven, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so she did. And so she was fortunate enough and Playhouse was very good to her to kind of give her a, you know, a leg up. And she did lots of shows at Playhouse. And then when uh, Beth, I think she was 20 and she decided and she was enrolled in the University of Memphis at that time. And she said, you know, I don't want to study this anymore. I just want to go do this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which I love. And it, it, it worked out because she went to Chicago and hit the ground running. I mean, the yes, way we yes, met yes. was uh, the new colony, which was the theater company she was a part of. And I did a right. fundraiser 
uh, with them. They asked, I was a stand up at the time and they asked me to come perform at the fundraiser, you know, as entertainment, um, uh-huh. for, you know, the people who had paid <laughs> for the tickets. So I came and did stand up and she, they had done a piece to a presentational fun piece for the fundraiser. And that's kind of when I fell in love with her. Like, you know, she's magnetic and fun and like, she's just, you know, she grabs your attention and you want to be friends with her. And so that's when that well, started for us. I think that feels mutual. That's why y'all just became such good friends. Yes. And then when she, she you know, she, ha- she was very professional. She's always that way. You know, she has her fun side to her. That's very silly and wild and we can go out and party, but she also uh, is professional. And she, at the time she was working f- as a speech writer and then that job ended and she thought, well, what am I going to do next? And, and I happened to be managing Dollop Cafe in Buena Park. I said, well, I could hire you. And so she came and worked for me. And that's when we got really close um, because yeah. we were working together. And and then we also, because I had developed that relationship with the new colony, her theater company, which she did many, many plays through. Um, right. That's when um, we decided, they invited me to improvise and create a character for five lesbians eating a quiche, which is what the name of the play was that we acted in together. <laughs> oh, that, I thought that that play was brilliant. I loved that. It was. It was. Yeah. I, wonder, I wonder if we were both in the audience at the same time and we just didn't know it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if we knew? Oh, that Maybe. would be so great. I just thought that <laughs> ensemble of women, those young women, were so incredible together and I do remember listening to Mary Hollis's voice and and thinking that voice is very unique that is a an attention grabber her voice just her speaking voice yeah well we had created these characters she was Lily Stanwick yes. um yes. I, I was Vern Veronica Schultz Vern and Meg <laughs> John that suit you had on Vern <laughs> Yeah. And it's so cool because we, we made those people up like through improv. We got to just create these characters that were closeted, Uh you know, lesbians at the time during right, right before the, um, wasn't there a bomb scare or a bomb? Right. It was during that time. That's when it was set in 1950. Like the cold war time. Cold war. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was 56. I don't want to get it wrong, but, um, yeah, Meg Johns, Mari Sorsa, who's one of our best friends to this day, Mary Hollis, me, and Taya Lux uh, were the five yeah. lesbians. And it was probably yeah. the most, one of the most summer fun summers we've ever had. We'd ride her, I, I was trying to teach Mary Hollis to ride her bike more, and <laughs> I would ride to the theater. Since you didn't have a car. <laughs> yeah, and she did. And so yeah. then, you know. That that's actually a better analogy for the horse, <laughs> you know. Mary Hollis left the bike behind for her car. This summer, Beth, we were talking about that about how you taught her to or retaught her how to ride a bike. And then <laughs> I was terrified that she was riding a bike in the streets of Chicago. It was like you don't know how to do this. You're not an athlete. Please don't do this. Sorry for raising <laughs> your blood pressure that summer. <laughs> She but, she eventually hey, turned to the car. Yeah. So so I had some friends come with me to see five lesbians. Do you remember? And yeah. we 
we went out to dinner after the show and you were just delightful to my friends. I mean, they just loved, <laughs> loved, loved, loved you because you're so funny. And you sat next to my friend, Melissa. Yes. And so today, and, and, and then when you got your, um, I'm trying to remember how, we were trying to think about that this morning, Melissa and I were like, how long after did you do your first TV gig that we could have seen on TV? It would have been the next summer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't because that was 2011. Because- that was summer of 2011. And then 2012 summer is when I did my first Conan spot. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot of sense because I remember it was such you know, it was just huge for all of us. It was huge for Mary Hollis that you were doing this. It, yes. You know, so it made me down, like, to me and Kim. And then I told all the ladies that had come to see these <laughs> guys, you know, five lesbians. And so you had this, you didn't know it, but you had, um, you had all this viewership in, in Arkansas. <laughs> oh, proud. I'm proud. It was such a big deal to us. I have the photo of when we found out. It's me, Mary Hollis, my boyfriend Nick at the time, the Potterboss sisters, Uh Mateo Lane. We're all at Town Hall Pub in Chicago on Halstead. And we just found out that I needed to be in Chicago like on Monday to do it. Maybe it was like when, I forget what the exact timing was, but it was like, can you be in Chicago on Tuesday or something? (laughs) And we were all Uh like, oh my God, we're freaking out. Um, Because it was such a big deal. I mean, yeah, Mary Hollis has been like, to me, like, you know, you you were saying you learned in high school that maybe you're a better audience member. I mean, she's my number one laugher. She's been my rock throughout, you know, whether I'm doing at midnight or Jimmy Kimmel, she's at Conan with me. Like she was at my half hour, my very first special taping of my half hour in Boston. She came with me. She was at my Netflix half hour taping. Like she's sort of like my rabbit's foot, my rock, my best laugher. Like she can put me at ease just being in the audience. Like it makes me feel better because I, if I can make her laugh, like I feel way better about myself, like safer, like I'm going to be okay. Well, you know how much she just loves you, period. But then, um, but she also just thinks that you are so super funny. (laughs) Yeah, we make I mean, each other laugh all the time. I mean, then she then she she moves out here though. She moves out to L- so she moved me out to LA. We did the huge drive together, and then not long right. after she moves out here. Within a month, books a series regular role on the Real O'Neills, a network television show. Oh I go gosh, to the pilot yeah. recording. Her Noah Galvin, who's one of our, who's also his his mom Abby is one of our guests too on this podcast, and um, uh-huh. I go to set in LA. This is Mary Hollis on her first like big. I mean, she had acted on Stars that um, that Kelsey Grammer show, and she had right, acted right. on like Chicago Code and stuff. But this was like big time. This was, and I have. Yeah, this was- I'm sitting in Video Village. They let me in, and I have my headphones on. And Mary Hollis comes on. They're filming in the parking lot after this like church function. Um, <laughs> and she played Aunt. She was Aunt Jody, right? Aunt Jody. That was the, yeah. yeah, that was the character's yeah. name. And she comes out and they're like, she's like doing the scene and I am laughing out loud at her, forgetting that we're recording and I'm supposed to be quiet. Oh no! So the whole, the director, everyone turns to look behind them where I am in Video Village, just acting like I'm watching a TV at home. 
instead of on set while they're filming and I can be picked up. <laughs> so I think I ruined a take laughing at her. I'm pretty sure. I love that show. I absolutely love that show. And the reason I tuned in was because Mary Hollis was going to be playing at Jody. But then I just got so hooked on it. It was such a fun show. And she just was awesome in that that role. Yeah. She's also like the glue of a cast. Yeah. I can see that. We were so thrilled. So thrilled for her. And Mm. I can remember when she called us to tell us that it, that she had actually booked it, you know, because kind of like uh, Diane, you and Beth, I mean, we talked, you know, we talked to Mary Hall every day, if not three times a day. Oh my gosh. uh, Yes. And uh, you know, so we were kept up with the process, you know, first just the audition, (laughs) then the callback and then the other callback and then the, (sighs) and I remember when she called uh, to tell us that she had booked it. I remember where we were in the house. Uh, oh, my you know, gosh. Yes. And, that, and she told us, and, you know, I'm like screaming, and her, her daddy <laughs> starts crying. He's oh. just like, she starts crying. It was just. <laughs> and you're screaming, and then you're crying. <laughs> so screaming and crying, and, you know, it was, we were just. We were just thrilled about it. We were just oh, thrilled. Gosh. I bet. It was a huge deal because it was kind of like the beginning. Like, you know, when you start booking yeah. those roles, it's like, it's really hard to break into. It's like me with writing. I never knew I was going to, I didn't understand how I would get my first writing job. It seemed so impossible. And then, mm-hmm. you know, thankfully, like, like her career and mine, it's like when you book that first one, it's just, a, it's a, easier to get the second and the third and for Mary Hollis, that went on, you know, some of her more recent bigger parts for people listening. She was a hilarious um, on The Righteous Gemstones. Um, mm-hmm. That's like one of my favorite scenes. When she, I don't want to ruin it for anyone. But, you know, when she knocks over the table, the tray. <laughs> yeah. yeah so great. obviously I love that part. And uh, she's in a marriage story. That's a little more brief, but that was still cool because, you know, cool. mm-hmm. booking that was a big deal and hearing about her shooting with, you know, Scarlett Johansson and um, Laura Dern. Dern. Yeah. And and of course, she had that big role in American Princess and sometimes um, and that was Lifetime. But sometimes it's, it's yeah. just interesting what we think will be a bigger show and what ends up not being. But the coolest part now is like. She's in Boston right now. We've we her she was cast as the lead in a new AMC show that's like extremely unique and interesting. When I heard about the script, I heard about the script before I heard her getting cast. So when she told me she got cast, I was like, "Oh, I know the script" because I had so much so many people talking about it in the writer world because yeah. it's so unique. Yeah. Um but yeah. the show for, you know, it's not people aren't going to be able to watch it for a while because they had to wait on COVID and now they're Mm -hmm. filming in Boston COVID safely. But um, the show is called Kevin can, and it's F U C K himself. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, mom. I know. I don't know. It's just Kevin can F himself. Yes. There you go. There you go. That's doable. While she was home this summer, you know, like if someone yeah. asked, it was like, can we just call it like Kevin or, or <laughs> Kevin Pan? Yeah. Uh, or or Kevin. KCFH, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know how best you say, you know, know your audience. And it's yes. kind of like, 
okay, you need to know your audience, and maybe we just need to retitle this Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and we thought lesbians was hard to say back in 2011. We're in a whole new new place now. I remember telling uh, Beth's grandma where we were going to Chicago to see her in this wonderful play, and I just, you know, we've come a long way. Yeah, my, you know, my mom's cool on all of that. She's yes, yeah, she's seen me now. You know, talk about all kinds of things. All kinds. <laughs> oh, you know what? Before we move on to something else, I just have to tell Tony that when Beth was, I was trying to remember. I think it was maybe a Comedy Central taping or Jimmy Kimmel taping. Mary Hollis on her phone texted me. She sent me pictures throughout that whole afternoon into the evening just to include me in the whole experience. And I'll always remember that. It was so kind. And, oh, she went out of her way. I didn't expect her to do that, but she did. And, you know, you know how it is when your child's so far away and exciting things are happening for them. But she really made me feel included in that whole experience. So I just wanted to let you know how much I, I'll always remember that. It was very sweet. Well, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. I didn't know that. Thank you oh, for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm the worst daughter. I'm Tony, I'm just going to start texting you selfies of me. Oh, every stop. morning. <laughs> Here's what I'm up to today. You're I'm nuts. Eating You're a bunch of nuts. toast. I'm on my fourth <laughs> cup of coffee. <laughs> oh dear. Me and Hollis just, have been sending each other like um those Marco Polo videos while she's been in Boston cuz she has it her character in this show. It's just so people can get a little excited about what's to come. It's going to be on uh-huh. AMC and it's like it's basically this very cool tale of um cutting between the lives of the wife of like I don't want to describe it wrong. So Tony, correct me if I'm wrong after I say this, but basically the show's concept is the idea of something like, you know, a show like King, King of Queens with, uh, where we see someone like Leah Remini be the wife in this multicam and that's her sort of role and multicam for people who might not know, or who are listening, multicam meaning multiple cameras. It's usually sort of like bigger and, um, a bigger sort of feeling production. And then when the wife is alone, it cuts to single cam. Uh, and is and, and when, when your writer is writing that multicam, there's usually like spaces in between the dialogue. And when you're mm-hmm. writing a single cam, they're single spaced. So it, there's a difference already in the shows you're watching, like um, Two and a Half Men, that's a multicam show versus right. um, Fleabag, which is a single cam show. Like you can definitely, there's, I, I write, single cam shows, you know, I'm not writing for the big bang theory, uh, which is like a multi-cam. So the point being Hollis is in this very sort of cool groundbreaking show that is transitioning between the life of this wife and multi-cam and what her life like is alone in single cam. Is that, am I describing it right? Tony? That sounds interesting. Yeah, that's, that's it. And so it's kind of like, you know, the big, uh, as Mary Hollis calls it blown out, you know, with multi-cam because yeah. you know it's light and bright, and and you know there's a live audience, or there there would have been, um, yeah, if we didn't have COVID. I think now right. it's just some uh, crew people sitting in the seats, you know, being their um, their oh, audience, yes. mm-hmm. but uh, can't have the audience. But so it's it's it is that Beth, and then, and then they they transition, and it's kind of like you know. Um, sh- 
you know, the wife walks through a door and then that's like her real life and how dark it is. And, and then, um, Mary Hollis, that the Allison, the, the wife is played by Annie Murphy. And then Mary Hollis's character, Patty, um, you know, they're, they become very attached, you know, uh, through their, you know, just throughout and, and the things yeah. that they're going to go. Yeah, and, because um, Hollis is basically her, her neighbor, right? Uh, her neighbor. And then, um, you know, their their relationship just grows. Okay, They've all cool. been free. You know, it's like the, the, like Allison or the wife's husband and Mary Hollis's brother are best, well, Patty's brother. Uh, they're best friends and so they all kind of know each other just from the neighborhood and I think they may live next door to each other or something but um, but their relationship grows and, and they become an integral part of each other's lives yeah but they it's really cool the, the, the females transition from multicam to single cam and, um, and this is I can't so wait I think, to see it I know it's hard to wait, but I just kind of wanted to talk about it a little because it is like such an interesting concept. Do we yeah. know when it's yeah. going to come out on AMC or they're still, we don't. It's still pro- working? To me, it's probably like if I had to guess production wise, we're not looking until maybe next, you know, it, I, I doubt they'll do a summer release. So I'm, my guess is next fall, but I don't okay. know. Okay. I, that's just me. That's l- literally well, me guessing. Yeah. They won't finish uh, their eight episodes until the middle of March. So. Okay. So that gives you an idea. And we're basically, you know, we've seen Mary Hollis and all different kinds of shows, different roles, but this is like her really showing her acting chops and, you know, it's going to be her, I think, uh, what a critic might call tour de force. Mm. Ah. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I'm super excited for it. We went way over our time. Sorry, Tony. We kept you so long. Oh, I, I haven't even noticed. I've enjoyed well, chatting with you. I know oh that we, t- we talked forever because like, it's so easy with you. <laughs> and listening about Mary Hollis and, oh gosh, you yeah. both of you together as good buddies and, you know, through the hard times and the good times and supporting each other. That's very I big. Think it's, I just think it's incredible that you girls have this history together. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love that. I, I just love it. I love that you, you developed five lesbians eating a quiche together. I love Beth that you gave her a job when <laughs> she didn't have one. <laughs> yeah, we've come so far. And she really is like, you know, it's kind of interesting when someone, you know, we're kind of doing similar things, but not really. And I'm sure that makes it easier to not feel like we're competing. But there are times when Hollis and I have gone out for similar roles and there's genuinely never any sort of weirdness or competitiveness. She's like a sister to me, really a rock. I mean, I, I and I think I'd try to be that for her too, especially during this process, which is a new territory for her of being top of the call sheet, you know, being someone who's like, as we've been at this now for over a decade and for her, like, you know, since she was a kid too, been acting, it's like, mm-hmm. you have to, you transition from like underdog, little sister to 
role lead, power position, head writer. And, and we need to remind each other. And we, I think we try our best to, um, to say like, we're ready, you know, like we have the experience and, and it's Mm -hmm. kind of time to step into that. Oh yeah. And we're ready for it. So yeah, I'm glad we're on the ride together. And thanks. thanks. We are too, Beth. We are too. Yeah. Moms. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, And I'm going to hold you to us getting together whenever the. Oh, whenever Tony, our are, are you kidding? We have to. We just have to. <laughs> and you know, and Tony, too. This quarantine will be over soon. And we'll be able to travel again. And yeah. Well, I'm going to make my way back because I haven't been flying. You know, like obviously my career was flying for so long. But um, uh-huh. I'm going to drive back, I think, for the holidays. So if there's a chance that maybe. It's safe, and I, I was thinking about taking COVID tests along the way, but I was going to be really careful. Either way, maybe I can stop by to see you guys on the farm. I mean, I don't know what Hollis is going to do for the holidays, but I'll be in touch because I, I really wanted to visit you guys um, well, we in Arkansas. Would, we would love it. We would absolutely love it. Okay. So, so please I'm glad I'm invited. <laughs> and you take good care. Stay healthy, Tony, you and your family. Yeah, Stay thanks healthy. For- we're so happy you that you well. decided to come on thank with us, you. Tony. It was just like, you know, we, we love we love talking to you. So thanks for taking time today. We sure do. Well, well Beth, you know I would do anything for you. So uh, <laughs> thank you. Okay. I love your family. All right. Thanks, Tony. We love you, Tony. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a good rest of the day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What a great call that was with Tony. And if you want to oh. keep up with... What Mary Hollis is up to, um, definitely watch her role on The Righteous Gemstones, which is on HBO, and um, get excited for her new role as Patty in the upcoming AMC show, Kevin Kin F himself, except Mm -hmm. it's the full bad word. Or whatever. Some people think it's a good word. Well, I love it. We'll have to see. See how Kevin is. (laughs) (laughs) before we make any judgments (laughs) (laughs) i have to look (laughs) amc i do get though i'm so glad i have amc i don't have hbo Uh, and if you want to find more mary hollis uh you can find her instagram at mary hollis in bowden m-a-r-y-h-o-l-l-i-s-i-n-b-o-d-e-n and that's about it thank you guys for listening yep we're getting better at podcasting we're so proud of ourselves Aren't we? What if this was people's least favorite episode and we were like, we're really killing it? (laughs) (laughs) I think that about everyone. But then when I re-listen, I listen to them, I think, oh, that was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right, good. All right. One day, a big, big table at a lovely restaurant, all the moms and all the daughters. Or sons, actually, too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. agree. It's our plan. All right. When there's a vaccine. Oh, my gosh. It, you know what? It's on the horizon. I'm starting yeah. to feel hopeful. I really am. Me too. It's going to be a little while yet, but we just have to keep doing Hold on doing. for one more day. More than one. All right. Okay. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye, honey. Love you. Bye. I love you. Bye. Goes on. And life goes on.